I think it was December 1996, and it remains the only time that I've ever seen him. And the morning after was the last time we had our Christmas meal at Grandma's, before she left this time of ours and passed between the stars. So this story is true, not only in the telling, but in the remembering of my family too. It was Christmas Eve, and the train was heavily delayed due to storms and gales that had driven down through the Cheshire Plain from the Irish Sea in the north. Trees were on the line, and I remember leaving our little terraced house to the sound of roof slates slipping and crashing on the road. I remember the roar of the wind accompanied by the hiss of hailstones as passing cars slowed in the gusts of ice rain that battered the small town where we lived. I remember thinking I should have stayed at my home rather than risk the last train to Liverpool to see my folks and having to put up with the late night crowds and revellers of partygoers. And here was I on the train. It had stopped, you see, between two stations. The heating had failed and the emergency lights were on. And as we waited to be allowed to join the main line, the train was being rocked from side to side by the storm that raged outside the blurring windows. The conductor, I remember, was quite a character. He wore, in a round, well-lived, pleasing sort of way, a full, as it was then, British Rail uniform. He carried a long grey beard and a ponytail to match. He had kind, bespectacled eyes and one of those oiled moustaches that stretched out from his smile. I asked him, could I not just nip out of the stationary train, over the track, up the embankment, and after clambering over the railway fence, could I not be back home in about twenty minutes? He reached into his pocket. He pulled out an old timetable and quoted the passenger carriage regulation from 1935, written in small, faded, black print on the back. Besides, as he waved his hand, an express train screamed past the door upon which my hands were resting. I was trapped, caught between homes and the missing hours of the timetable. In a carriage of strangers, we were all at the mercy of the oncoming night. The passengers looked at each other with frustration, anger and resignation. After all, it was we who had decided to travel on the last train, on this night, and we did so at our own risk. We were travelling home in a raging storm that threatened the train like a huge black cat playing wildly with a tiny mouse of light in the gathering darkness. What follows is a longer story, but we ended up partying through the two-hour delay. Everyone had something to show. Food, wine, stories and great company. Even the conductor had a nip of what he fancied. His face beaming in a benevolent manner. His red cheeks and quaint manners enamouring him to the passengers, who soon forgot their worries in the singing and carolling that followed. He told stories about train journeys in the past, of unusual passengers and a very funny story about collecting sheep for a farmer who had lost his way in the snow one year and needed to get his flock to shelter in a snowstorm. The train was very warm on that journey. He even helped, or so he said, a woman giving birth on his train. Whether it was this one or not, I didn't know. Anyway, we arrived at Liverpool Lime Street Station in the early hours of Christmas Day. We had a collection for the driver and the conductor a Christmas box, as we called it, 
of pound notes and collected coins meant for our own families. Before we clambered sheepishly off the train and into the obligatory taxis provided by the railway companies to get us home, we looked for the conductor to express our thanks. But he was nowhere to be seen. A newfound friend and I went to the driver at the front of the train and asked after him, with the bag of coins feeling heavy in our freezing hands. Nah, he said, nah, no conductor on this train, mate. We've been running trains without a conductor on this line for years. We looked at each other, both thinking the same thing. No conductor? But it was him. No doubt. No doubt at all. It must have been him. We left the bag with the driver and went to get our own taxi home.